everyone, and welcome back to Crowning Around, a podcast where three regular everyday peasants attempt to learn about the royal family through their depictions on film and television. My name is Sam Chung, and I'm very excited because it is quiz day. Today we'll be talking about uh, The Crown Season 4, Episode 2, entitled The Balmoral Test. And we're going to dive into it all, including how to succeed, how to fail, and of course, how to stalk. Joining me, as always, are my two co-hosts. First, our in-house expert on all things Bibble Ibble and Ibble Bibble, it's Ivan Vukovic. Ivan, is the Ibble Bibble test a good indicator of one's fitness to run the country? Well, first of all, I think Carlin's the expert, not me. (laughs) (laughs) Carlin? Uh, Yeah, yeah. So so I, I would punt that question over to her. Um, I, I, frankly, I don't think any of the royals are fit to run the country in a parliamentary sense. So if they can do it, I would say anyone who can't do it, therefore is, is good to run the country. So if you can't do the Ibble Bibble test, you can run the country. Yeah, I think so. Okay. There's too much wow, memory that, involved. That, that, that is there's quality too much, logic. <laughs> there's too much. It, if you can remember all those things, there's too much space in your head that's not being filled with uh, government. I honestly don't think it, it didn't seem like it was that many things to remember. It seemed like each person was labeled a Bibble Ibble and then the dots on their faces were the Ibble Bibbles. So okay, you- look, I couldn't do it. So and I, <laughs> I'd like to think I could run England. So did they pre-assign the Ibble Bibble numbers to each person before the game began? Uh, I would assume so, but it seemed to like cut in the middle. So I'm not sure. Okay. We'll, okay. we'll dig into Here's more of that I think, later. I think <laughs> actors would be really good at this. And like, do we want another actor running a country? After Reagan. Uh, well, we'll we'll get Charles eventually, perhaps. Oh, oh no. <laughs> See the problem here? I, I think I also saw uh, recently that Boy Meets World's Ben Savage was running for West Hollywood City Council. Oh, oh wow. Uh, I guess start small. <laughs> Maybe he'll make it all the way. Maybe. First West Hollywood, then the world. Yep. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, we definitely just have a world emperor. <laughs> ben Savage. <laughs> Uh, also back with us today, a woman who would sit in Queen Victoria's chair if she could. It's Carlin Greenwald. Carlin, yay or nay on having an old relative's chair, but you can't sit in it. That's actually a Jewish tradition, so I guess the answer is yay. Oh. They have like that chair of, I think it's Elijah, that like they just put out during Passover, and you can't sit there, because like, I think Elijah's supposed to sit there. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, yay on having a decorative chair of your relative. Yep. Although in that case, he's a, I think he's some sort of, he's not a deity. He's like a mythical figure. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Um, And as always, before we start, we just want to clarify that if you came here because you're curious about whether or not the events that you saw in here are factually correct, you've come to the wrong place because we don't know. You you know, we're learning as we go along. So we're just going to assume that everything we saw in this episode is 100% correct. And with that, Ivan, could you please give us a quick recap on the Balmoral Test? Yeah, it would be my pleasure. So uh, the Balmoral Test, uh, the namesake of the episode, um, is essentially this initiation wherein the royal family invites uh, some new member that is becoming uh, ingrained into their lives up to uh, Scotland uh, for, I assume, a long weekend uh, to essentially just kind of kick back and hang out with the royal family and see if this is the type of person that can hang. 
Um, it, it really seems to kind of come down to like whether or not the guest is essentially performing well enough to be, uh, you know, part of the clan moving forward. So uh, in this episode, we, we essentially see this uh, manifested through two storylines, one focusing on Thatcher and the other on Diana. So uh, it begins with Thatcher, uh, who has, of course, recently um stepped into the office of the prime minister. Uh, she has uh, proposed some very, very far-reaching budget cuts uh, to a degree that even her own conservative party is very uh, baffled by and is essentially threatening to turn against her if she uh, moves forward and executes this vision. So uh, Thatcher uh, gets invited uh, you know, to Scotland to do this uh, Balmoral test uh, along with her uh, husband, Dennis, uh, and uh, it does not go well. Uh, Thatcher, uh, both uh, Mr. and Mrs. don't really uh, take well to all of the customs and traditions and protocol and frivolous games that the royal family seems to indulge in. So uh, there's like some parlor games. uh, There's some hunting that uh, the... uh, Uh, prime minister and her husband are not uh, super into and just all of these faux pas that they seem to regularly uh, commit. Um, The hunting in particular is something that looms large in this episode because there is a uh, injured stag that has made its way over from a neighboring estate into the crown's uh, 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 territory and estate. So they essentially want to, I guess, put it out of its misery, but also make some uh, big sport out of it. Um, So everybody's really keen to be the one to take down the stag uh you know everyone from Anne to philip to uh, elizabeth herself uh she invites thatcher along on a uh, i guess girls hunting trip and then when it becomes clear that uh thatcher is not uh, well dressed nor has the appropriate uh, uh footwear for it uh she goes back to uh Balmoral, and then soon after that decides it's time to just uh, pack up and go home because there are far more important things to tend to. Kind of skip forward toward the end of the episode, uh, Thatcher moves forward with essentially cutting out all of the uh, senior and uh, aging members of the uh, cabinet and replacing them with uh, uh, younger, uh, more charismatic individuals that seem to kind of fit more into the Thatcher worldview and are very happy to kind of back her in her policies moving forward. Uh, So that's the Thatcher plot. Um, And then we have uh, Diana, who... uh has started to uh, see Charles on a regular basis, uh, including a trip to the opera that is chaperoned by uh, Diana's grandmother. Charles uh, is then going off on some kind of six-week tour, but at one point or another, uh, the idea is brought up for Charles to bring Diana over to Balmoral. Uh, so she visits uh, and essentially is uh, undergoing the Balmoral test herself, uh, which she passes with flying colors, Uh, She charms the socks off the family members, does everything right, uh, plays an instrumental role in helping Philip be the one to take down the stag uh, and ultimately wins over the family's affections to such a high degree that they have all now begun to rally for Charles to uh, marry Diana. Uh, And Diana then goes back to London, uh, essentially already a celebrity and being followed around by the paparazzi. Yeah, I think that those are the broad strokes, the the Balmoral test. All right. Thanks, Ivan. So, yeah, I guess we should probably start as the episode starts with 
Margaret Thatcher, who we met in the last episode. And I feel like if we just saw this episode, like I was pro Margaret Thatcher by the end of this episode. <laughs> like, I feel like she had a really good show. I, I mean, I felt for her. <laughs> this sounded like it sucked, to be totally honest. Yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Anytime we have a character who's kind of on the outside looking in and disagreeing with the way that the royal family lives their lives, it, it's hard not to f- like feel sympathy for that character, even if it is Thatcher. Yeah. Um, obviously, yeah, in a vacuum, I thought that she had a really good show. Um, she comes in, we really kind of meet her husband, Dennis, for the first time as well. And I thought Dennis was also hilarious. Oh, oh new favorite character. So good. I mean, those two were so funny in this episode. Like, I don't think a prime minister has been this funny yet. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it takes me back sometimes. I guess like... Harkens back to, what was that episode with, uh, Lyndon B. Johnson and, uh... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm just like thinking through our like as a power couple, we got like Winston and his wife. I feel like they were pretty strong together. But yeah, I feel like all the other like <laughs> spouses were a little bit on the, you know, <laughs> a little bit iffy. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think we met any of the other spouses besides like Macmillan's wife who was constantly cheating on <laughs> yeah. him, right? Um But Dennis is great. Yeah, Dennis relatable. Ivan, as you mentioned, um Margaret Thatcher very ambitious plan. She wants to cut $4 billion in spending. I know you pounds. like- Pounds. Sorry, 4 billion pounds in spending. Yeah, I know you like conversions. Do you, did you happen to do the conversion on how much that would be today? Oh, I most certainly didn't. <laughs> it's a lot, I'm sure. And that is not the MO of the conservative party. The conservative party likes to be conservative. They like to keep things status quo and not take big swings. Um, is Thatcher in the wrong party? I, would she have to make her own party or would she have to like run as a Republican? Like literally take the American party and bring it to England. Yeah. I mean, she's going very far right from a fiscal perspective. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. It sounds like she, uh, she needs a new party. It does. I mean, even or we need a new party. Who knows? Maybe. I mean, yeah. Members of her cabinet are literally going out to the news and shit talking her. <laughs> uh, it's great. Imagine just doing that. Okay, so Thatcher and Dennis get to Balmoral, and they're given separate rooms. Like <laughs> Basically, kidding. from the beginning, it's a it's a disaster. Uh, separate rooms. The husband tries to tip right away, which is a big no. You have to tip at the end. Uh, I've never heard of this. I, I feel like they should have given them a sheet, like, right away. Were they supposed to look at something first? Like, what happened to them? I was actually very surprised that like the the staff there would even accept tips. I was a little bit surprised by that too. Yeah, that's that's not how I expected that conversation to go. Like I would have thought that him even tipping would have been the faux pas. Yeah, because they're like staff of the royal family. They're not just like a hotel <laughs> bell person. Yeah, so it's yeah, yeah. What's it like working for the royals? Oh, the tips are great. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, I also thought that like tipping wasn't that customary in the uk but maybe that's just for restaurants maybe i don't know i don't know either but yeah they get that wrong um apparently they were given instructions the instructions were on the protocol sheet how many people have we seen now not follow the instructions on the protocol wait sheet? hold on a second though hold <laughs> on because it, it seems like the instructions were a little vague because it the Thatchers made an attempt to follow the instructions. They showed up to six o'clock drinks in black tie uh, apparel. 
uh, with the assumption that dinner would follow immediately after. It wasn't their fault that the, uh, that the itinerary did not make it clear that there was a gap between drinks and dinner. Tell you this is rigged. This is rigged. They only want like <laughs> the highest level of nearly I don't know duke. Du- no, not dukes. Whatever the aristocracy to pass this test. Because if you don't know and you haven't been to these events before, how would you ever know that uh, it drinks you, is a different outfit? You would not. I don't think so. Unless you like knew what a parlor room was. I also don't understand the concept of like a formal like you know drink happy hour. Uh, among a group of people who have already been spending the entire day together. <laughs> it's just, like, yeah, it's awkward. Like a drink, drink reception is like how you kick off an event when people are, you know, just arriving. But this family's already been like, you know, hanging around for the day, uh, playing games, going hunting, just chilling. And and I actually, they're like there for the whole summer pretty much, right? I think so. True. Well, I guess the question here is, so... Uh, at the very beginning of the episode, we see kind of a neighboring property. I guess they go hunt- on hunting trips there. They find a stag, they shoot it in the leg, and then it kind of limps into Balmoral. And so the royal family, as soon as they hear this, they're like, we had plans. Cancel all of them because we are going to together hunt down this stag. So I feel like maybe they weren't always going to be together and maybe they weren't always going to be so casual at drinks but I wonder how much the stag played into everything on the protocol sheet changing. I don't know, but someone should have revised it. <laughs> <laughs> True. But it's also confusing because like when they go out hunting for the stag, it's not like they're all together. They're, they're just dividing and conquering and not really spending quality time together. They just didn't let Thatcher do that. I don't know. To me, it's like when my whole family goes skiing and I'm left at home. And <laughs> Jeez. It's because I don't like to ski. It's not because they don't let me go. <laughs> Uh, okay. But yeah, um, with the stag, uh, I got some mixed messages on the stag because Philip and Anne were both like, yeah, let's kill that thing. I'm going to kill it. And then Queen Mother was like, haven't you heard of conserve or like conservation? Okay. That made me so mad. And honestly, it kind of made me start hating the Royal family. Cause I, I was supporting this stag. Like he didn't seem that injured. He was a beautiful creature. Oh, he seemed just, injured. He could have been saved. He Every been single saved. Every single shot that we got of the stag throughout the episode, he was just limping along for dear yeah, life. I felt can, really bad you, for him. You can get a veterinarian, come in there, patch up that boy's leg. He would have been fine. He would have been Are fine. Are you a stag expert, yes, Carlin? Yes, I am a stag expert, <laughs> and he would have been fine. They didn't even try. To me, it's like, I don't know. I know stags probably are in more plentiful um, bounty than, like, elephant hunting but like it had that vibe of like let's go trophy hunt which mm. i think is what they said yeah. i don't know to me the queen mother is the only one out here advocating for the animal rights which is weird because i assume she also hunts well you know you know what's interesting is that okay so like this was like some kind of grand stag i'm guessing it's like a you know a, a, a type of stag that's bigger than than like the typical breed but uh they're all talking about how they want to be the one to take it down so that the head of the stag can be hung in the dining room at balmoral and uh the the person who shot it will have their name uh you know 
written underneath. But there was only one other stag head in that dining room. And I think they mentioned it was like, uh, was it Albert who who took it down or his father's somebody uh, from earlier in the century. So it stands to reason that like none of them have actually like taken down a stag of this nature before, yet they're all so confident and eager to be the one to do so. I mean, first of all, mm-hmm. I feel like the man who originally like injured this animal really should get the credit here because like he, they're playing on like easy mode. Yeah, this guys, this guy's well, injured. He 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 failed in his mission. Well, yeah, but I feel like his name should be there too. It was clearly like a. With an assist. Yeah, with, with that's, an assist. That's, see, Car- Carlin, you're busting out the, oh, I loosened the jar for you argument. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so. They couldn't, we don't get to see that stag at his full power to know how easy he is to kill. On that note, so as soon as the stag, he shoots the stag and the stag crosses the river into Balmoral. I assume Balmoral is huge. Like that guy could have taken a second shot. I think, that, I think he would have been no executed known. for that. Okay. Think it would have been executed? I'm kidding. No, I don't know what would have happened. I think they would have been mad. Like if they had found out that you killed a stag on their property. Know? How would they ever find out? Well, the stag the stag was on the move at that point. Like he wasn't gonna get a second shot. I mean, I, yeah. I think that they're watching. I feel like they must have some guy who's like watching the border to be like <laughs> I no, don't one's, think so. no one's shooting animals on royal property. I mean, yeah, their property is huge. Like I feel like it would I feel like they probably could have gotten away with it. Well, he clearly um not brave enough. What did we think about Anne and her husband showing off their stag noises. Oh my god, I think my favorite part was seeing Thatcher's face. Like, if you just pause on Thatcher's face when she's doing that. I forget, was that our first time meeting Anne's husband? Maybe we've seen him in, like, a little tiny... Oh, no, we saw them arguing in the opening. Oh, true. He seems funny, though. He he has a very good stag impression. <laughs> yeah, his wasn't bad. Anne's on the other hand. <laughs> I feel like this episode actually really soured me on Anne because like her, uh, she seemed to be the one that was like most bloodthirsty of them all. I yeah. know. It, it truly makes you realize that there's no ethic, um, ethical royals. There's no such thing as a good royal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even Queen Mother, who, you know, wants to support the animals, doesn't support people. So still a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's no. Uh, sorry, yeah. If we had to rank, did anyone, <laughs> oh, Margaret, did she not participate in the stag killing? I'll give her that. I don't think she did. I think she just met them for lunch after. Okay, so here, here's my problem. Why, I guess they just wouldn't let Thatcher do that. Like, she couldn't be a Margaret. Yeah, and well, I mean, Margaret, uh, her her one kind of pivotal scene in this episode is to essentially scold uh, Thatcher for sitting in the chair and, and also for having the audacity to refer to the queen as uh, Margaret's sister. It's like, oh, she's she's not my sister. She's the queen, and I'm just like, she's your sister. She's still your sister. It's it's not factually inaccurate to say that she's your sister. <laughs> and also for working on a bank holiday, she, that was a big no no for Margaret. <laughs> just, I think it's so funny that Margaret was like in the earlier seasons so against like royal protocol and like the general like traditions, and now she's like. But like, only, like, you know, it's like a thing where you can make fun of people in your family. But like if someone tries to make fun of your family, you get really mad. I think Philip has this. She and Philip both kind of have evolved this way, I think, throughout the series. What, what, what hasn't it been established that Margaret isn't necessarily like against all the protocol? Like, in fact, she kind of thrives in it. Like that's her space. And that's oh, why yeah. she, uh, she thought that she would make a better queen. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Didn't you want to innovate, though? Can we innovate by uh, allowing people to say Margaret's sister? 
She, uh, Margaret seems to embrace all the nonsense, uh, as was evidenced here. Let's back to Thatcher and Dennis for a second. I thought it was interesting. So when they get to the, to Balmoral, uh, a maid starts unpacking Dennis's bag. And Thatcher is like, no, don't do that. That's my job. <laughs> She's so interesting because, like, she just so clearly wants to hold on to the, like, the housewife thing. And maybe that's, like, I'm sure in her own party she has to, like, maintain that. Like, you can't be too radical if you're going to be woman prime minister. But it is really funny. I thought the, the idea of having the staff unpack anyone's bag was kind of weird. Like, what if you had some personal stuff in there? Well, I just wouldn't know where to find my stuff. <laughs> It's in the protocol. Yeah, there you go. No, but like where you wouldn't know where they put like your socks or your whatever. Like you'd have to yeah. go searching around for it. Y yeah. yeah, you'd have to spend some time like taking inventory of like where your sock drawer was now. Are they allowed to sleep in one bed? I <laughs> Dennis will check the protocol sheet. <laughs> what did they find out? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I did think it was fun to see like them like committed to their marriage because obviously the royals have like they're together a lot but i feel like they have no concept of family yeah no i did think they're really yeah. sweet i don't know guys this, they're this a team the, yeah they're, they're like they, they, they seem like a proper healthy couple yeah i like good for them you know thatcher's policies uh we'll, eh, we'll talk about that later but like no them as a couple yes they were cute i like them they were the, probably the best couple in this whole episode i mean real low bar of the whole, of the whole <laughs> I mean, season so far yeah <laughs> I the bar's I, on the floor. I don't think maybe the whole series, and I don't think that. No, I guess yeah, Birdie, but yeah, top five. A top five couple. Okay, so at dinner, Dennis, uh, you know what? He sympathizes a little bit with the hotel next door. He says, "You know what? That's business. You kill the stag, you get in the customers." And everybody is like, "How dare you, Dennis?" <laughs> Supporting local business. Get out of here. I mean, the, the amount of things they did wrong that just, sorry, man. <laughs> I would leave early, too. They should be attacked every every which way. Oh, my God. Um, okay, so then it's time for games. And this is where we get into, wait, is it Dibble-Ibble? Bibble? I don't know what it is. But they're tossing to each other. I don't know if, have you seen Succession? Mm -hmm. This kind of reminded me of, like, that first episode when they're playing, like, uh, I went to market. Oh, I think yeah. this is just a thing that rich people mm. do. They play like memory kind of like uh, wordplay games. Okay, but who would you want to do it with less? The Roy's or the royal family? Mm, that's that's a question. I'd probably want to do it less with the Roy's because I'd worry that if <laughs> if Logan lost, I'd get shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like that's a fair evaluation. But they they toss it. They're tossing it around. They're going pretty fast. They toss it to Thatcher, and she she gets it right. But like, did she? <laughs> she just she's too slow for them, which I think is kind of mean. Like that's just how she talks. <laughs> Hilarious. And then afterwards, we get Liz and Phil kind of debriefing. They're like, "Wow, she was bad at that." They're they're such a bitchy couple now. But maybe that's why they're doing better. They finally learned how to. How to gossip without like being mad how to at be, each other. How to become equally miserable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Around the same time, Thatcher, you know what? She's here at Balmoral, but she still has a lot of work to do. So she's in bed, but she's not done working. Dennis is like, why don't you go to bed? And and uh, Thatcher's like, no, too this, much to do. The work never stops. This is me on ski trips. Again, I, I completely <laughs> relate to her. <laughs> I have a lot of work to do. Thatcher does not believe in quiet quitting. 
No, she no, does no not. No quiet quitting. Um, okay, so Queen Elizabeth has kind of taken some pity on Thatcher, and she's like, you know what? I will take Thatcher stalking in the morning. So they go stalking, and Ivan, as you mentioned, Margaret Thatcher is not dressed for the occasion. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that this isn't really her scene, but nevertheless, like, she could have looked out the window, saw what the weather was like, and realized that, like, her outfit was not good for those conditions. I don't get it. I assume the staff has some extra clothes somewhere. Could she have just asked, or do you think she just refused to? That this was a statement? It's a good question. Like, yeah, there wasn't, like, an overcoat they could have thrown onto her. I mean, yeah, and then also, in addition to that, like, they knew that she was not correctly dressed from the beginning, but Liz still brought her all the way out there and then was like, go back and change. No, I think that was truly some kind of punishment for her. Like, Liz doesn't know how to be nice to people. Oh, my God. So it seems like it did seem like they were bonding a little bit. Like, they both uh, have these, like, connections to their dads. But then Margaret Thatcher is just too loud. She's not disappearing into nature. <laughs> She's wearing bright blue, so she doesn't blend into the environment. It's just, you know, she's not, she needs some stalking lessons, clearly. Again, I would consider this a full punishment to be told to go out and stalk. Or, or, or she knew exactly what she was doing. Like, she did not want to go on the hunting trip, so she made herself as unprepared for it as possible in the hopes that she would be dismissed. Maybe. Although they did say at the beginning, like, the maid... As she's unpacking Margaret's luggage, it's like, you don't have hunting or outdoor shoes. <laughs> Imagine being chastised by like a maid who's like unpacking all yeah. your things for you. I know. <laughs> and there goes your tip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, Thatcher getting to go back home led to, I think, my favorite scene, which is the two Margarets just sparring against each other. Don't beg for anything. Begging is desperate. Don't sit in the chair. Time off might give you some perspective. Just wild for Margaret, of all people, to be oh kind God, of like yeah. presenting this case to Margaret Thatcher. Yeah, I feel like the writers were just having fun. There's kind of like, let's take our two really good actresses and just put them together to see what happens. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of forget that you're watching like, yeah, Helena Bonham Carter and Gillian Anderson. That's just, I mean, two elites. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're we're almost at Margaret. So then Margaret Thatcher is taken to some Scottish Highland Games, it seems oh like. Oh, my God. <laughs> There's some tree flipping, uh, a haggis throwing. There's just <laughs> random stuff. And at this point, I think Margaret Thatcher is like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm I, done I, here. Again, she's the most relatable person in this whole episode. What was that? Oh. <laughs> uh. Yeah, I mean, they, they could not have picked like they could not have picked like a setting that made the royal family look more like frivolous and ridiculous than that one. Yeah. Tree flipping. That was something else. Oh, uh, my God. Did she say cuckoo land in the episode or did I just did I just I, write I that you, in my notes? No, I think you I think she must have said that because how could you have made that? up? I don't know. But yeah, she this this is kind of where she's like, you know what? These royals are just like my cabinet. I'm going to go home and fire everyone. Good for her. <laughs> Yeah, good for her. <laughs> what an arc. What an arc. <laughs> Just have the worst trip ever and be like, I'm going to go completely flip the government upside down. Okay, and here's something interesting. So apparently as she's leaving, we learn that she's the first prime minister to ever leave early from the Balmoral trip. 
Good how, for her. How is this the first Balmoral trip that we're seeing? I don't know, but I, the fact that we didn't get... um Oh, I forgot all the prime minister's names now. <laughs> My favorite one. Like, I can't imagine she failed the hardest. Like, we got Macmillan. I, like... But, like, I'm trying to think, because I don't think all of them were, like, aristocracy. Like, True. who... There was someone else who was, like, middle class. Wilson? Wilson, yeah. How did Wilson not fail this? He doesn't seem like he can hunt. I think... Or Anthony question, Eden. The question is, though, can we... Is, is it really a failure, or is it an incomplete... If she leaves before the, <laughs> before the test is over. If you come back, you can get 50% of your points. <laughs> it should be an incomplete, but this is clearly a pass-fail course, and she <laughs> failed. All right, shall we move on to Diana? Yes, please. Which, God, the fact that they didn't have, like, I know this probably didn't happen, but, like, a, a car's meeting, like, eye contact made, <laughs> going off into the distance. I, I was mad about that. So it's interesting, like, before Margaret... Uh, Thatcher's arrival we get this image of the stag kind of limping around and then before Diana arrives we get the stag limping around again and I think in this episode we learn probably in the back half that this stag is Diana oh yeah yeah that was 100% um which I don't I don't know I go back and forth on whether it was too on the nose or if it, it's good symbolism I thought it was a little wait, on the nose. wait wait <laughs> explain the symbolism to me that like the royal family would take like a injure like in this case diana being a i don't know like young naive not particularly mentally stable person and just sort of treating her like sport and like i saw basically like as soon as kind of like the stag is like within the royal family's kind of like grasp they'll just smother it and kill it basically but but what's the symbolism behind diana like helping like kill the stag behind her killing it i mean i think it's just a little bit ironic. It's like this is what she thinks that she wants, but it's is she is she is she killing her old self? Maybe I yeah. guess theoretically, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was a little it was a little on the nose. It yeah. felt very uh, Spencer. It did like <laughs> it did, but yeah, Diana arrives. <laughs> I think it's funny. We saw Diana at the beginning of the episode. She's at the opera with Charles. Uh, the grandmother is there. Do they need a chaperone? What is what is the chaperone um, thing? It's to make sure Diana's a virgin so they know that like... At the opera? Yeah, they like <laughs> they can't take any chances that they could go and uh, do some illicit activities because she has to be like a super virgin. Did that ever apply to any of the other women Charles dated? They, they care about this one. I think also, the, I think the grandma, I think probably Diana's family were like, we're going to be really vigilant because we really want her to get to be princess. So they're like, we'll take every like precaution and i guess the gamble worked because like you think that charles would be like this is the most sexless relationship like i have no tension with this woman at all because her grandma I mean, he doesn't here. yeah i, don't I, mean, th I think even if the grandma yeah. was not there charles i don't know i think that is they're, they're like trying to be really careful they really want diana to like nail this as the grandmother says like to her face I don't know. I think, yeah, even if the grandmother was not there, they would still be handshaking goodbye. It would be incredibly awkward. Yeah. Also, also, how do they know that, like, Diana hasn't already lost her virginity? I mean, she's kind of living, like, the London high life. She's got three roommates just kicking around. Like, I mean, it, w like, they're not guarding her 24-7. I guess they would have asked her. And then they would have just willfully believed if that was a lie or not. But like based on any sort of public appearances, they probably just don't want it to be like a really obvious like, oh, the press could catch them type mm. thing. 
Mm. I'm yeah, assuming. Right. I don't know. Maybe they do checker like a. Isn't that like a medieval thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So Camilla is kind of. Uh. She gets credit for convincing Charles to invite Diana to Balmoral, and we didn't see Camilla in the last episode. So I thought it was interesting that they decided to make her debut kind of like here. I'm telling you, the last episode, like the wait, yeah, the first one could have read kind of as a rom com, but then uh, no. They're yeah. just like, yep, nope, Camilla's still here. Don't forget her. So Diana arrives, and they get they have dinner. Diana is appropriately dressed for dinner, so that's a check. No one really knows like what uh, the relationship is between Charles and Diana at this point. Uh, they're like, is this a friend friend or a girlfriend? And then Anna's like, I guess it depends on how this weekend goes. Can you imagine that Like that's how you define your relationship by like how good your girl is at uh, stalking and wearing clothes? <laughs> yeah. Well... Yeah, because Charles and Diana didn't really spend any time together at Balmoral. Like, nothing that happened that weekend uh, actually advanced their relationship. I would argue, yeah, by the end of this weekend, Diana's probably spent more time with Philip than she has with Charles. It's just, oh, it's so weird. They're so weird. Yeah, because Philip wakes her up at 5.30 a.m., time to go stalking, and then they're out uh, having, like, personal conversations about careers and getting to know each other in a way that I don't think she has with Charles. No, this seems like a very, like, at least a year into your relationship, meet the family situation where, like, you're just trying to meet the family, not your actual boyfriend. Wild stuff. And, and, not, and not for nothing, but she had better chemistry with Philip than with <laughs> Charles. I was, yeah, I was yeah. honestly surprised by Philip because I thought that when Diana was like, I'm a cleaning lady, Philip would be like, what? <laughs> but he was like, oh, what a respectable profession. Like, what? Where is uh, this coming from? She has a work ethic. <laughs> I mean, it was such a delightful exchange where he was like, oh, is that a, is that a good wage? And she's like, oh, yeah, top of the line. Just kidding. It fucking sucks. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really had the most delightful little moment. And we've never had that with no. her and Charles. <laughs> yeah, it was wild. And so then we see the stag. Philip, of course, is going to take the shot. No chance he's going to let Diana anywhere close to the shot. This is his shot. But he will take some advice from Diana about which way the wind is coming from. Has Diana been hunting before? I'm sure she has. She's, seen, she's like a rich country girl. Remember, we like learned that in Spencer. Yeah. She like lived out there. How are they so off? <laughs> like, how does one person think the wind is coming from the right and the other person thinks it's coming from the left? That feels like... Because it's swirling. It's coming from both sides. Oh. I don't know how wind works. It's like a tornado. I guess so. But but the swirl is coming from the left. I've never been hunting before. Is the swirl really enough to influence like a bullet? Isn't it about the st- smelling you? Oh, I thought it was about the direction the shot was coming from. Maybe maybe it was like Philip covering his bases where if he had missed the shot, he would have just like blamed the wind. <laughs> Either way, I'm just imagining like Diane in the car, like reading up on on hunting stuff. Like, yeah. Oh God, it's going to be asked to be. Gotta know. Gotta pretend yeah. I'm a country girl. But you know what? It was coming from the left. Diana was right. And the stag is dead. Terrible, terrible moment. Poor stag. And this is the moment when Phil is like, yeah, Charles, you're going to marry this woman. 
<laughs> yep. Their goodbye between Diana and Charles, very awkward. He like pats her on the shoulder. <laughs> There's not been a single like cute moment with these two at all. Oh my God. Charles could not be, and Charles could not be more annoyed that Diana passed this test. Imagine being so annoyed that this beautiful, charming woman is going to be your wife. Wow. Charles, how terrible is your life? I know. He's on the phone with Camilla again. He's like, no one has ever passed this test so thoroughly. <laughs> Can't believe it. Has Camilla ever... I wonder if Camilla ever got to do this, because apparently friends can come. I don't think Camilla has been invited to the Balmoral test. Well, sorry, Definitely Camilla. Not. But here we do get, like, one of Charles's concerns that we've voiced here as well. Charles himself is like, <laughs> they want me to marry her, and she's a child. <laughs> That's true. It's... They really don't care about that. That, like, I mean, and, and, yeah, in his defense, like, you know, per, the distance that he feels toward her might be because he himself just doesn't feel right about the age gap. Yeah, I mean, they also seem to have like nothing in common. I mean, this is genuinely a really bad match. It, they both like real, Shakespeare. I guess it seems like they like Shakespeare in a very different way. Uh, they both like. Well, actually, I don't know. I was going to say Diana likes horses. I don't know if Charles likes horses or not. I He does. Remember, he went horse riding with Sarah Spencer That like when he was meeting Diana. Oh, true. Yeah, when Diana was like 14. That's another thing. Like when you uh, know somebody yeah. as a literal child. I, it's, I don't like it. So that, that, that scene where they meet, that wasn't a meet cute. That was a grooming scene. Yeah, um, <laughs> it was. It really was, and that's why the weird music was playing. Yeah, I feel like Diana had better chemistry with like everyone she interacted with more than Charles. So, so at the end of the episode, we kind of see Diana again. At this point, everybody, it seems like reporters and photographers all know kind of like about the Charles and Diana relationship. So I don't know how they would know, like if they're just paparazzi always outside Balmoral and they're like, who's going in? Who's coming out? I mean, yeah, I guess so. I think that actually is a thing, right? Yeah, maybe. I bet that's it. I bet the the, the combination of... Like them having been seen at the opera together with her going to Balmoral and leaving Balmoral. Like, I, I think they're putting two and two together. Yeah. yeah. I think also the press had been following Charles for a while. Because remember, he had all those other like relationships and he was like known as like the Prince Bachelor. So I think he was like a story of interest for the press. Mm. They're probably like, what's he up to now? I thought it was interesting. It looked to me like at the end, as the paparazzi are kind of like following her around, we got this kind of like smirk from her, like a smile, like she was enjoying it. For like She's a hot second. It. For, a yeah. little, for a little bit, she, she was, was like, this is great. It. Yeah. Then it ended. The other kind of conclusion here is Thatcher firing every member of her cabinet. She's got a long list of appointments. They're like 10 minutes apart. She's wasting no time, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. And then she goes to Buckingham Palace and... The tension, I feel like now, between her and Elizabeth, very palpable. Which is hilarious. Like, is it because of her policies or is it because she, like, didn't like hunting? Where's the grudge coming from? Probably both. If yeah. it's just from the hunting, that'd be really funny. Yeah, so Liz makes a backhanded comp uh, comment about how she doesn't understand how anyone couldn't like Balmoral. <laughs> like, Liz! How could you not like this? It's so pointed at Thatcher. Thatcher pivots to uh she needed to fire her cabinet because they lacked grit and it was a consequence of privilege and entitlement i i kind of really want there to be a show where like you put normal people through the barrel moral test and just see what they do not like with the actual family there i don't know you could have like mm -hmm. actors because i, <laughs> I want to know who would actually pass this test who is it like a british I think aristocrat. it's a very short list <laughs> it, it probably is but i want to see it I love uh, how uh, Liz's uh, like response to that was like, well, you know, privilege isn't all bad. There's good privileged people. 
ma'am. Oh man, yeah. And no. then Liz uh, makes a comment about having en- like you don't want to make enemies. And Thatcher is like, I'm fine with having enemies. Here's a poem that I've memorized <laughs> about yeah, having like, enemies. Yeah, like a, a pretty a pretty lengthy <laughs> excerpt from a poem that matches that particular moment. It's just a casual poem that I know that I've. <laughs> So great. That that, that justifies my spiteful existence. Do you guys know oh, what just happened? Ready to go? I loved that. And I thought, I think that this is, I like having these characters kind of in opposition to each other. If this is just like the beginning of a spiteful relationship for the rest of the, uh, of the season, I wouldn't be mad at that. It's a girl fight. <laughs> um... I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything else we missed here on um, the um, Balmoral test? Again, besides being upset about the stag, so upset about the stag. Okay, there was some guy named Malcolm Muggeridge. I don't know what he did, but he had a funny name. <laughs> Wait, what? Malcolm, <laughs> Malcolm Wait, Muggeridge. When did this name come up? I, I have yeah, it what? above wet ideas <laughs> and wet below I- two rooms. So... I think it's like when they, before they'd gotten to Balmoral, but I just have that name like written down. Um, That's a whole note. I just think it's We can cut like... this part. We can put, cut this part out, Sam. How dare you? <laughs> then maybe they mentioned it on the plane. I guess. Because they, they showed the plane ride a little bit, like between her kind of disagreeing with her cabinet and then we just get like her and Dennis on the plane. I feel like some of the most fun scenes in this series have been just like, people reading about you know public reactions to things on the plane and then just getting upset that's like a it's a motif it's it's <laughs> true uh all right so i think that's going to take us to uh our recurring segment here our kinky crown award and with so much stalking i, I feel like there has to be some nominees i i have like a couple well, well, I Carlin just mentioned my uh, no, nominee, which is uh, Wet Ideas. Yeah, that was a good one. My only other one is Couples Who Sleep Apart Grow Apart. Wait, How, that feels like the opposite, the opposite of kinky. Of kinky? <laughs> um, it, it's, that's a, a relationship advice. No, that is kinky. <laughs> Y'all don't have any taste. What do you have, Sam? I think, I'm not sure who said this. I think it was Queen Elizabeth. They're all waiting for Thatcher to come out. She finally comes out. She's very overdressed. And I think then Elizabeth says, I'm afraid we're all mad stalkers. This isn't a kinky crown nomination, but the whole thing about uh, Thatcher being uh, inappropriately dressed uh, actually reminds me of one thing we forgot to mention, uh, which is a comment uh, that Philip made when he saw them in their black tie apparel at the uh, you know, pre-drinks, pre-dinner drinks, and as they're like going off and getting changed, Philip says something to the effect of, "They're gonna probably show up for afternoon or like lunch tomorrow in their pajamas." <laughs> <laughs> you had one other nomination, right? What about uh, checking to see if being allowed to sleep in one bed is on the protocol sheet? Sure. <laughs> I don't know how I'm gonna write that on Twitter, but <laughs> sure. Is it wet ideas? Is wet ideas where yeah, we're going? Yeah, wet with ideas, this? the winner. Having wet ideas. And that was our last kinky crown segment ever. You keep saying <laughs> that. We're going to keep doing this. Uh, okay. Can, can I just say something about just the concept behind this segment? Yes. So so basically, the, we, we justify this segment through 
like, you know, Netflix wanting to drop a bunch of sexual content in their shows to draw in viewers. And I think the the origin of the segment really comes from like the scene where you see like Matt Smith's bare buttocks in the uh, pilot yes. episode. <laughs> yep. But the thing is, like Netflix shows also have a tendency to drop all of that sexual content like in the early episodes, particularly in the pilot, to kind of like hook people in with like nudity and sex appeal. And then it kind of tapers off as it goes. I think that's what's happened here, you two. Well, we're gonna. Is this a complaint? This is a. <laughs> this is a. So my uh, Malcolm Muggeridge gets cut, but uh, complaining about our show. I don't know. I feel like things evolve. <laughs> I we're gonna keep doing this segment. Like these people are getting older. It's not gonna get sexier from here. I. Well, I we have new young people. Yeah, that the, could as, be sexy. As they get older, I feel like the show is pivoting. Like. I don't know. We got a full kind of like prime minister episode. I don't know that we've gotten a like prime minister really like a plot since Winston, really. Well, because no one cared about the other ones. Yeah. I guess. Like it's been a while. I mean, he's really the last like a list person we've had as a prime minister. Wait, wait. In like John Lithgow. Oh, is it Jillian or Gillian? <laughs> is it Jillian or Gillian? I said Gillian, but I wasn't sure. I really it was Jillian, would it start with a J? I think you can do it both ways. Hold, I'm not looking that up right now or anything. I know Gillian Jacobs goes with Gillian. Who's Gillian Jacobs? Britta from Community. Okay, oh, it is. Got it. Uh, it is Jillian. It's Jillian. What? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least we know now. Anyway, she's an A-list. <laughs> yeah, she's an A-list. I don't know who's going to be in season five. Elizabeth Becky? Is that? No, that's not A-list. I is yes yes yeah sure that's right that's rising star cool any closing thoughts here on the balmoral test is it a test that you think you yourself would pass or fail oh i would 100 percent fail it i, I would not even attempt it <laughs> you'd peace out you'd be the second person ever to leave the balmoral <laughs> like not test. even show up <laughs> no i i wouldn't even start like i would just tap out before it begins no this honestly sounds terrible and like i don't know does the food even look that good I don't know. I think I'd win the game. I'd be bad at the hunting and I'm not getting dressed up for dinner. It's my own house. <laughs> I would Jeez. I would like deliberately try to fail the test. I would like show up uh, just uh, and just behave as raucously as possible. Like I'd be a slob. I'd wear one of those like t-shirts that say like FBI female booty inspector and show up to dinner <laughs> wearing that. No tuxedo t-shirt. Oh my god. <laughs> All right, so that brings us to a close here on episode 402, The Balmoral Test. Next week, we'll be diving into uh, The Crown season four, episode three, Fairy Tale. After Charles proposes, Diana moves into Buckingham Palace and finds her life filled with princess training, loneliness, and Camilla Parker Bowles. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like they're just moving right along. I, I kind of feel like they just met. I, they got to get to the juicy stuff, I guess. I guess so. In the meantime, Ivan, if people want to catch up with you on social media or elsewhere, where can they do that? Uh, What's our handle? Crown Around Pod? Yes. Yeah. yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Carlin, what about you? Um, Twitter at Carlin Greenwald. Instagram at Carlin underscore G-E-E. All right. I'm on Twitter at Sir Sam Chung. But as Ivan said, the best place to reach us, if you have any thoughts about the crown, or about the Balmoral Test is on Twitter at Crown Around Pod. 
And can I just say, I don't think anyone ever has. I don't think anyone ever has. <laughs> we get some we get some feedback on the Kinky Crown Awards uh, nominees. So yeah, if you have any other nominees, <laughs> feel free to feel free to uh, comment. But yeah, in the meantime, thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next time. And God save the queen. God save the queen. God save the queen. Mm-hmm.